Welcome to the Porty Podcast. I'm David, and I've seen a fair bit about Porty Central in the past few days. The first was the signing of the contract to make sure the town hall is brought back up to a safe and usable standard. The second was the invitation to the people of Portobello to become members of the charity so they could become involved in the project moving forward and have a voice in how the building will be used and improved as the years go by. Those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast may remember that, oh, a few months ago now, I interviewed some of the trustees. Jeff Pearson in particular was pretty optimistic then that work could start quite quickly and the building might be ready to open by, say, the spring. Well, spring is sprung and we don't yet know when the contractors will be able to start work. It's been very frustrating for the business development manager, Ursula Pretsch, She was brought in to project manage the work in the building and develop a series of plans on how best to bring it back into use, including business plans to make sure it would be financially viable into the future. But one thing that really impressed her, and one reason why she took the job, was the sheer enthusiasm and commitment of the local community to ensure the town hall would remain an asset for the people of Portobello. Absolutely. The commitment to the project was overwhelming and the more I got to know the individual board members and and trustees, the more I found out about just how much community energy there exists in Portobello. I find that absolutely remarkable and it's heartening for the future of this project as well. We've got precedents here for our work with Belfield, with the Wash House, with Triporty the various campaigns that have been going on to try and preserve Portobello as a place for community where it's a good life you can have. And yeah, you're surrounded by by people who are wanting the same for the community as in being a good place to live. One of the things that you must have discovered was just how much work had already gone in because that document that they put into the council originally is massive. It is massive. My race to catch up when I first started was to read all those documents and there was a lot more detail in there than I had expected. The reports, one was called Delivering New Life and, and the earlier one was A New Life Proposal and, and it was great to be able to join the project at a stage where somebody had already thought so much about what they wanted it to be. The community had been engaged, had been this was it 300 or 500, 300 conversations. And all that was was achieved during COVID and during the lockdowns, which was uh, remarkable because they had to be really improvising with how they would approach the community instead of having face-to-face meetings that wasn't possible anymore. So they found all these other ways, creative ways of engaging with people to show to the council that it's worth saving and it's worth running this as a community-led business. Now, one of the things that we've seen just recently is the invitation to people in the community become members. Mm-hmm. That must surely be a really important aspect in involving the community in deciding what direction the town hall takes in the future. Yeah, totally. It's crucial where, aside from the constitution that requires us to have a, a good base of membership, we will rely on members to help us with some of the practical tasks that need to be done. 
while we're building up the business to be self-sustaining because that will take some time because we will have to slowly build it up and increase occupancy. There's lots to do. The building is in a good shape. You could go in there tomorrow if you knew it was safe. So it's really, as far as I'm concerned, the main reason for closing it was a bit of plaster work falling off the ceiling. And of course, you need to make sure that it's safe. So that's going to be the focus of these works to make sure the building is safe to reopen. Yeah, it's going to look much the same to people to go in as it as it did two years ago. Well, one of the thoughts that uh, I've heard discussed about how members could help was with actually improving the, if you like, cosmetic look of the place. <laughs> you might have already seen uh, some of the activities happening on the outside. So I, I was involved helping with one of the cleanups on the outside. And it was a nice opportunity to meet some of the trustees of it and some of the volunteers in the community as well. Things like... Keep porty tidies. Yeah. Right, I met Colin and Greta, who were helping us with all the equipment or providing all the equipment and helping us do the tidy up. Yeah, it was great. And then there's been some bulb planting, and you'll have seen the heart that has gone up. Yeah, a lot of the trustees are doing the main sort of volunteer work, but I think there will be a lot of practical, succinct little projects that people can help with. In my view, we're looking for two categories of volunteers. There'll be those who who want to help with practical one-off projects that they can do either on their own or with guidance from some of the volunteers who are a bit uh, more involved. Or there may be the longer-term volunteers, those who may want to be trustees in the end or those who want to volunteer with us, with us over a longer time. Belfield, for example, has the volunteer host. I think that is something that we probably need certainly in the beginning as well but you need to get to know the building so you need to be able to commit a little bit more time or over a longer period of time but there'll be plenty of opportunities to help with designing the garden or painting or certainly cleaning (laughs) the different cupboards we'll need to get the inside I think Jeff called it shabby chic yeah because it won't be new but it will be safe and it will have character it will retain its character, and I think that it's really important. Your role is now to do what? To take all these ideas and to develop them, to, to do what? Yes, it's to take all these ideas and to develop them into a, a structure that will help us work through all the different things we know we have to do. The flip side of all the enthusiasm is is that the ideas just burst out of the group and everybody's got different ideas and you discuss them and, and then you try and narrow them down. But there are some things just with running a building that they may not be sexy, they're not as exciting as, say, the Portobello food map, but they have to be done. We have to sort out the, the fire safety, we have to know how many chairs we've got in there, we need to get an inventory, what the equipment is like and what state it is, and that is before we're even thinking of any further development of the hall that may happen in in later stages. So your experience is very much in that kind of administrative support background? Yes, I'm a project manager, first and foremost, I think, with a, a real soft spot for process improvement. So I like for things to run smoothly. I want us to be able to open with the least amount of chaos and stress that we can handle because there are always unforeseen things when you open a building. There's always going to be delays with the construction. I think my my job practically is mostly to work with the trustees to try and bundle all those ideas into workable tasks. 
and then make sure that we don't forget anything and we work through them and we're ready to open when we say we are. The target is midsummer. I think that may be a bit too optimistic. We're trying to set two targets, so to speak. We're trying to open for test events, so maybe do that for a month or two to also get bookings in and then be ready to open fully for bigger events. So that people will be experienced in how the whole works. Yeah, there has been talk about getting the building open during the test events or before so people can come and have a look and see what there is, see what it looks like, have building tours for the community basically so they can remind themselves what a wonderful asset it is <laughs> to the community. So in terms of time scales, I think we're looking at late summer for the construction works to be finished, that would be my guess. And then in autumn, have some test events and then hopefully before Christmas or certainly in the beginning of 2023 to be open for business. She really hopes that members of the community will get involved and join the charity. It won't cost you anything, and that includes those living in the new housing estates as well as the more traditional areas of Portobello and Joppa. I think we're all looking forward to knowing that the scaffolding is going up in the main hall to check the roof and hearing about how the work is progressing. As she mentioned, when it finally does reopen, it won't look refurbished and new. That part comes later and will involve the community to make it happen. But at least it will be safe. We at the Porty Podcast will be watching progress with interest. In the meantime, if you have a story that might make a future episode, then get in touch at theportypodcast at gmail.com or through Facebook or Twitter. That's it for this week. Bye for now.